Welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community and try to offer up advice on practical problems faced by coaches around the world. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Pleased to be joined once again by my colleague, PDP Technical Advisor, Dan Wright. Dan, how are you, mate? Really good, thank you. How are you today? I am well. I'm looking forward to this discussion, a really interesting question. And this week it comes from Liam via the PDP Innovation Space, which of course is our members-only forum. Great place to share ideas with loads of like-minded coaches on the site. So the question is, I'm working with players around the age of 14. What are your thoughts on having a group of two to three players replace the coach and lead a session per week? Dan, what do you think of this one? Um, I think this is a good idea and it's definitely something I've done before. Um, probably done it more in games than I've done in training, to be honest. And and, and when I've done it in training, it's happened more for sort of a, a section of training rather than the whole of training. Um, how about you? Is this something you've done before? Yeah, look, I've had some good experience. I think, you know, I could sort of rant a little bit about this because I've seen it both in um, player-led festivals, which obviously through Academy Football, the Premier League run some great player-led festivals over in the UK there. And that's a sort of day or an afternoon where players will come together from different clubs um, and they'll be basically put together in mixed teams. Um, the players will lead their own fixtures. Then we'll, we'll be... So, so, so kids from different clubs playing in one team? Yes, absolutely. So they're mixing, okay. they're mingling. Um, and socially, obviously, that's quite difficult. So they might know one person on the team when they all get together, and then they'll go and have to get to know each other, play alongside each other. There might be different age groups in there as well. Um, and just observing that from a social perspective, I think, was absolutely fascinating and seeing kids who might be physically tiny, um, and you might see somebody who's a natural leader sort of emerge, and then by the end of it, they're best mates, and the little lad might have been quite intimidated, and then suddenly he's hanging out with the big lad at the end, and they've got to know each other over the period of two hours of football. Um, but obviously, you know, refereeing themselves and, and, and getting along uh, with new friends and the social side of it was really interesting. So they were sort of leading those games. But I've also done it in training where I had, a, had an under-16 group a few years back now uh, where I actually couldn't make a session. I was called away, couldn't be there. So prior to that, I organized the session plan with a couple of senior players in the group, the captain, vice captain, a couple of, couple of guys who really showed good leadership quality. Said to them, look, this is what the, the expectation is around training. Had a parent and a, and a team manager come in and observe and just make sure the kids were okay, obviously from a, from a safety and welfare perspective. And then they went and actually carried out the session themselves. Now, I wish I'd filmed it in hindsight. It was a few years ago, and these days we could film that kind of thing. Um, but all reports were that, A, the kids really enjoyed it. Um, the quality of the session was good, and they held each other accountable. Uh, and the parents' feedback was very positive as well. So I think from a social perspective, um, trusting the players to take some ownership there is really, really interesting, and it's good for their development. Yeah, then yourself out of a job there, didn't you? If, you, if it was absolutely, better than you went. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. They were flying. They were flying. We won the game on the weekend too, so everything was good. You know? Yeah, the sessions are much better when Dave's not here. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's important to probably talk about some of the benefits that you might see from doing this. So it's a lot of social corner stuff, isn't it? It's kids will have to interact with each other. They're going to have to talk. They're going to have to listen. They're going to have to articulate why they, they want to take the session a certain way. And that might be live, like they might have to talk to each other and say, you know, can we adapt the rules of this practice? Or it might be if you are going to have two or three and you are going to let them plan, they might have to sit down before training and, and actually draw out on a piece of paper. OK, we're going to do this. I'll lead this bit. You lead that. But what happens if this happens? That sort of stuff. And so I suppose you're then encouraging the kids to be quite articulate and quite um, you know, comfortable to, to sort of explain themselves. And then you're going to probably um, see some benefits in terms of kids that, that can learn well and can, can interact with other people. So so peer to peer learning, I suppose, is probably quite important there. Um, when you're giving your example, I've got I've got a similar one um, recently on the Advanced Youth Award. We, we were on the social block and, and I have uh, lead a warm up. Um, so it was with, a, with another chap from another club. Um, and for the for the the idea of getting the boys sort of in the social corner, we just did head tennis. So the, the boys um, came through the onto the facility. We'd written you know sort of our expectations of what the session might look like. Not so much rules, but like today you're leading the session. We're going to play football tennis or head tennis. Here are the courts. Off you go. Um, and then the the kids were like, well, well, what are the rules? And we were like, well, you decide. Well, how long do we play for? Well, again, you decide. And then. They initially sort of looked at us like, this is a trick, what's going to go wrong? And then they started playing. And then when all sort of 20 kids were there, um, we did make it a little bit more competitive. And then they were like, well, how do we serve? Again, up to you. Is that in or is it out? Up to you. And then you saw a few of them having discussions and some heated arguments, strategies to win and all that sort of stuff. So so there, there, was, there was lots of benefits. And then I suppose linking this into sort of academic research, it's about intrinsic motivation, isn't it? And it's about the guys been a bit more internalized and, and and taking ownership of their journey. And I suppose if you look at, you know, people that go on to be very successful, um, not just in football, but in all sports, they've got to own that journey. So it's about um, feeling like they're in control a bit and feeling like they have, you know, the skills to perform. And so we're, we're, we're probably, you know, taking that from the coach and giving it a little bit more to the player. So they feel like they have the, the ability to perform and the ability to affect the environment they're in. Um, does that make sense? Have I just sort of ranted for a bit there? Look, a little bit of a rant, but love the passion in there and some great points uh, to help on the topic for Liam. But I, I think also from a, a technical perspective, if you've got time with your players and, you know, it might be somebody's working on, you know, a shape of pass or weak footwork and you've got that extra bit of time around your session. I know when you and I were working together a, a couple of years ago, we had an under-12s group who were working with sort of uh, pretty regularly and we would often do player-led non-dominant work and the kids would actually be in charge of you know setting up a session using whatever equipment was at our disposal and really trying to get creative and i think giving them that ownership of task design gets them thinking about okay how can i work on that little bit of technique in isolation how can i work with you know two or three friends and put a session together where you know you might have a little 1v1 in there with a finish or you know you might say right you've got one goalkeeper a goal and a few cones Go over there and design a session and of course you're there to mentor the players and perhaps say you know you could change it this way and just guide them but it gets them really thinking about how they can work on that technique and i've done it recently at my last club and the kids really enjoyed it and, and that's with players you know a little bit younger as well obviously liam's talking about 14s but i think you've got to trust your players that they play the game they know the game they love the game how can you tap into that you know yeah and then you're giving them like a whole bank of sessions to go away and practice on their own um i think um, perhaps one of the challenges of, of, of football at the moment is that it's become really structured and really sort of adult-led, whether that's parents or coaches. So if we're in our session giving them, 
you know, maybe um, opening those ideas out to, to 10 new ideas. And then, okay, these are things that I'm going to show you. We not, might not have time to practice them all right now, but you've got the whole week to go and work on these 10 things. Okay, so here's what it's going to look like. And then when they go home, it might be down the park, it might be with their mates, it might be in the playground. And you just sort of open them up to to sort of a whole new bank of sessions, I guess. Um, what sort of content have we got online for that sort of supports this question? Yeah, well, as you men- mentioned earlier, the idea of intrinsic motivation, this is something that our lead researcher, Jimmy Vaughan, specializes in. So, you know, his article uh, around Yannick Velassi's development of some of the skills that you see now in the Premier League, the article's Creativity, Playground to Premier League. Um, and that's worth a read on the blog. Also in issue one, Jimmy wrote about intrinsic motivation in terms of who we are is how we play. And that's one of the key messages that when we launch PDP, we really wanted to put out there um, about understanding you know, why we play the way we are and, and why, we, why we play sport. And, and I guess that fundamental as to why we're involved. So who we are is how we play. Uh, more recently, we've had John Alder, uh, who's one of our top contributors and expert in leadership and culture. Um, he wrote in issue 17 of the magazine, Culture and Coaching, The Shadow of Team Values. And we've got a great video discussion with Tony Reddings, who's the head coach over there at the New Zealand women's team. Tony's been to three World Cups, a couple of Olympics, and is a very experienced coach, top guy, and his discussion on building team culture taps into this idea of player ownership as well. So some great conversations, plenty of masterclasses and magazine articles for Liam and other listeners or viewers to uh, check out. Yeah, I suppose my, um, my final thought on this one would be, why don't you try it? Like whenever, whenever you and I were coaching together and we had an idea, as long as the idea wasn't ridiculous, most of the time the answer was, well, let's see what happens. I think you have so much opportunity and so much contact time with the kids that the, the risk versus reward of trying this is, is definitely worth doing because it could be one of the best things that you add into your, into your curriculum. It might be something that you share within your club and say, do you know what? I tried this with the 14s and we're going to do it once a month or we're going to do it. You know, every every second Thursday or whatever, and then you might be sharing, you know, a new practice throughout your club, which I think can only be positive. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Appreciate your thoughts on this, Liam. I hope it uh, goes well for you. A really interesting idea, and I think there's some real upside to it. We will look forward to another PDP Q and A. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.